0: when you get duped not once but twice by david akam it's that's so mls with myself (laughs) nick thornton with me as always is andrew bates andrew how are you i'm doing great how are you fantastic a short abbreviated mls week but certainly still interesting talking points and possibly home to my absolute favorite MLS moment of all time. Now, just, after David Akam scores his first goal for Philadelphia against Columbus, just a supporter kind of loping down the stairs with a big wooden onion that he just places in a like bad bag of netting. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is a thing. And that's what the dupe is apparently referring to, is sticking one in the onion bag. I'm not sure, but I love it.
1: I, to be honest, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm uh, out of touch because I never knew what dupe meant. If you never knew what dupe meant going into even the highlight package, uh, you will have heard it four times by the end of four minutes. Yes. So, and by the, I'm
0: still not really sure what it means. But by the end of it, I was definitely going a dupe, 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 dupe.
1: I knew it had something to do with the song. I knew it had something yes. to do with the song, but I didn't know. Like, I team, made that connection. I'm like, oh, they're saying doop, but... This came up with that, um, uh, the hashtags, when people were discussing, when, when MLS did a, uh, a thing, did, uh, talking about all the team's various hashtags, people were saying, that must be the best it, one. Except that nobody knows it what is, it means.
0: It's so fantastically just kind of MLS. Like, it's, to me, one of those great holdovers of, like, early MLS era, where... You can cut, like It doesn't really matter what it means or if it has any real relevance. It's just great and kind of like this just strange thing that happens.
1: It's just dupe. We're doing dupe now. We're
0: doing dupe. And, you know, what better reason to dupe than duping your opponents? I was amazed by this result. Philadelphia just cleaned out Columbus. 3-0, both teams without their starring goalkeepers. What did you make of this game?
1: Well, I was really excited um, to see such a great result for David Acom, um scoring twice in 10 minutes. Um, yeah. He is somebody that I thought was a big part of sort of the Chicago revival um, when everything started going back, uh, getting uh, back together for the fire. And, and I was for that brief six months, for that brief six months. I was uh, I was hoping for great things when he came to Philadelphia. So those two goals were great. It's funny because people are discussing about the idea of him having a um, a slump. He uh, he gets a break on his first goal and he nudges it in and it bounces in off the post. And if you've been in a scoring slump and and you get that little gift, yeah. I that can't that was one
0: you can watch him like that is the his reaction is the perfect one of just like oh thank God because <laughs> 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 if that had bounced out it would have just been like I don't think I'm ever going to score a goal again. Um, I, I think Bendik gets his angle a little wrong there. He comes out, but his angle is slightly off. I think he thinks Akam is going to go near post, which is unfortunate because he goes near post on the second goal. Yeah, um, but two great finishes from David Akam to put them up. Two nil, pretty decidedly uh, in the first half.
1: It's not um, great news for Columbus uh, in with with a look to the post Zach Steffen era. Steffen is uh, is apparently nursing a minor knee injury. Uh, according mm-hmm. to MLSoccer um, and the uh, like. If you if you're looking at Joe Bendick, um, who moved on from from Orlando last year. Um, it's a rough uh, first performance.
0: Yeah, it was a little shaky. I mean, I was initially I wasn't too surprised that Philadelphia picked up Joe Bendick, and I thought it was if you're looking to add depth, um, they have three available. What I would say is are probably starting goalkeepers, which is what you want to have. The it's a little bit unfortunate for Joe Bendick because, of course, when the number one goalkeeper is Zach Steffen, you have Big boots to fill. <laughs> um, but Joe Bendick is definitely, you know, he deserves to be in a, a starting lineup capacity, but I believe he had a pretty shaky one in this game. Kind of uncharacteristically, just a little bit soft defensively from Columbus as well. I thought that um, the goals also became, became a result as the defenders were just getting a little bit too easily beaten. Their position was okay, but where we've seen kind of more decisive tackles and cleaner clearances from Columbus in the past that kind of wasn't present here. And I've seen a few Columbus fans kind of rumbling that, um, Columbus's depth seemed to be a little bit off with, uh, Zardes and Will Trapp on international duty. And the, of course, um, with Zach Steffen out on a knee injury, they really didn't seem to be able to put too much together. And that definitely is a little bit worrying where Philadelphia, also in a position of having some starters missing um, through suspension in international duty, were able to come in and steal three points.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great... I would say that if you... Um, I'm looking at who's, uh, who's missing, and I guess Corey Burke is pretty good, but it's they, they're lucky to have uh, some of the, the... having a lot of their, I guess, key offensive players together.
0: Yeah, but Um, uh, Fabian was suspended, so.
1: Oh yeah, that's a
0: big big new DP was out.
1: Um, Yeah, I thought they were great. I think that you make a great point about the uh, the Columbus defense because I feel like Philadelphia was sort of coming to play and they were able to run around, um, sort of unchecked. Well, not unchecked, but it's like they in, in all their goals they're just. They have so much movement going. uh, They have so much movement in the penalty area, um, Mm -hmm. which I mean, which which creates that weakness.
0: Mm -hmm. Now I I wouldn't be too too worried if I was a Columbus fan because I think that overall, um, you know, like most, like any team is going to have sort of down performances, and it's relatively early in the season. But it's definitely one to kind of make you wonder that if we're thinking about the post-Zach Steffen era, it's not just about goalkeeping, but it also is, there's going to be more international call-ups throughout the year, um, and is Columbus going to be able to fill up that depth in their roster a little bit, especially, you know, Higuain, uh, who's so heavily influential for them, seems to have kind of had a quiet start this season, and depending on his fitness throughout the season as well, um, that leaves some question marks. Just for me, there. Their midfield is usually so stacked and pretty solid, and it just looked like it was kind of easy to cut through them in this game.
1: Yep, um, I think that it's kind of funny. It's like, uh, um, I feel like international breaks are like when there's a major holiday, like a, like a Christmas, and everybody is taking the day off, uh, and you've sort of left three people behind, uh, and they still have to like do it, but I guess you can't really get to. Uh, worked up about you know whether or not it's the same result as you get on a full complement.
0: No, but I think it's definitely kind of a warning to Caleb Porter that um, you know there. This for me kind of felt like three points lost. Where yeah. if they'd been a little bit more mentally alert and and maybe not uh, sort of underestimated Philadelphia Union they maybe could have hung on for a point. They just didn't generate a ton of chances, and again, defensively just kind of weren't fully switched on, so they were punished for it.
1: That makes sense. Um, I, uh, I, One of the things that I, I, uh, I tried to take advantage of was, was replays in the ex- extended highlights package. Um, mm-hmm. The extended highlights package on, on YouTube really makes me miss the old um, MLS Live. 20-minute, yeah. or 40-minute, uh, games in 40-minute setups. Because uh, mm-hmm. I watched a full game, uh, the the New York-Orlando one, uh, was just sort of basked in its presence of very little happening for uh, 89 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, with Orlando winning 1-0 uh, against New York, um... What was, your, uh, what was your take on this one?
0: Kind of similar. Um, I mean, I, I also watched this game, and while definitely it wasn't the most exhilarating, entertaining MLS spectacle, um, I think what stood out for me was that everything that we've criticized Orlando for in the past in terms of being defensively aware, switched on for a full 90 minutes, playing compactly playing with a higher press they did in this game now it wasn't beautiful
1: no and it wasn't
0: it wasn't played to perfection however they're playing one of the best teams in the league they're playing one of the best defensive teams in the league and overall i think that the lions came there with the idea that hey let's just try let's try to get a point out of this But the difference is it felt like a very, it was like watching a very different Orlando side, an Orlando side that we haven't seen before playing away, where there was some positivity to their play and a little bit of calm. Now, that calm sort of translated it also into slowing the game down, which I think was what they were trying to do, which I don't blame them for. (laughs) They were going into this game going, let's make this an electric spectacle and try to get five goals. This was a... Let's try to control play. Let's put a lot of pressure on the Red Bulls, force mistakes, and wait for our chance and try to slow play down where we can, which is what they did to a T. So what made for not terribly interesting soccer, I thought tactically, was a really smart idea. Um, and when you have a player like Sasha Klustin, who's just sort of been left hung out to dry during his time in Orlando... Once you're you set up the ingredients around him to play solidly, you allow him to express himself and do the things that he's so good at, which is creating mm-hmm.
1: chances and finishing them as well. That makes a lot of sense. I think that the uh the calmness that you talk about, like, is the antidote to what I was what I've called with the Red Bulls, the the chaos team approach. Whereas yeah. if you don't give them as much space and you don't let them Sort of ping things, uh, uh, ping things into the box and, and create um deflections and, and rebounds. Uh, you don't have as much sort of to you don't have as much to worry about.
0: Yeah. Well, and and then just too, I thought the Red Bulls were kind of playing a little bit flat and maybe um didn't take Orlando seriously in this game which yeah. was probably also their undoing because there was an awful lot of time for um, Clushton as well in the box. And it was just sort of New York getting caught a little bit flat-footed and just sort of doing the zonal marking thing rather than being so aggressive. And that's what has made the Red Bulls concede so few goals is that they play so aggressively in defense. Yeah, And this one, you know, admittedly, it's it's one mistake and a costly one. Um, but the thing that for me that makes this game so important is, first of all, we saw Orlando execute a game plan on the road and do it well. This is it true. Just playing well, I mean, that was a solid, like, B, B-plus performance, and they beat one of the best teams in the league in their stadium. So, great. The biggest thing is the shot in the arm that Orlando has so desperately needed, hopefully this is it, and they have something to build on now that... We've seen it before where a team just needs the confidence boost to look around at each other and go, okay, so we just beat New York Red Bulls at home. Not many teams in MLS are doing that. So if we're good enough to do that, why can't we go into our own stadium and hang on for 90 minutes and grind out some results? And if that's enough to spur them to get a few more um, points on the road and just tidy up at home and win games that they need to be winning... There's no reason why they can't start to find a way to edge themselves into that final playoff spot at this point. Yeah. they still look like a incredible MLS outfit, but this is the first time we've seen, uh, first time I've seen an Orlando side anyway, actually look like they can compete with the rest of the pack.
1: Um, narratively, this, uh, this idea that Orlando had the the pregame players only meeting with Nanny. Um, which was, uh, according to, MLS yeah. revealed to reporters after the game that this had happened before the game. Uh-huh. Um, well, I mean, you, maybe you wouldn't have said it if you lost, but uh, but I mean, like I guess it kind of offers a little bit of a reset moment. Um, with Danny ro- arriving relatively late in the preseason, maybe that's mm-hmm. necessary. But I'd say that it's been it's been it's been positive, and I wouldn't even say that it was. Nanny himself that had a huge sort of influence on, uh, on affairs. Um, the, uh, the two things that I was going to say, or yeah, cause you were, you were talking about, um, people, uh, sort of not, uh, giving enough credence to, uh, the Orlando, to the Orlando attackers. Uh, the only people, the only person to make any kind of movement at all, uh, was Tim Parker. Mm-hmm. uh bless him uh oh right i was gonna mention uh brian Rowe.
0: yes thank um, you please do I say feel, more words
1: i feel like he um i feel like he uh really has sort of redeemed himself oh well, not even redeemed himself like he's turning in when you when you listen to people in the preseason they roe is a big question mark because he is a uh sort of a uh Backup MLS, longtime backup MLS goalkeeper. Um, given the key position, I think that he uh, he turned up with some great uh, saves, and we've said that about him in the opening weeks of the season that he uh, had great performances in very lopsided goal games against Orlando, uh, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh well, they lost three nothing, but he still did quite well. And this time, he did great uh, and guaranteed the shutout. So I was very, I was very impressed. Like it's almost as much of a, a defensive performance from Orlando. This is this is my point about ninety. Is that like you look at Brian Rowe and you also look at um, the late chance uh, where uh, what's his name, the player who hit a a, a bicycle kick goal line clearance.
0: Yes, Orlando's oh, yeah. number
1: twenty six, um, Carlos Esquez. Mm hmm. Um, amazing. That was great. Yeah. Um, I thought that both of them did right, but it's also nice to specifically. It's nice to see um, that Rowe is showing why he's been put in this position.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that it's you know there's so much um, criticism heaped on MLS goalkeepers, particular particularly ones that have been around in the league for a while, and ones like Rowe and uh, Shuttleworth, Bendick, the that maybe are not always starting goalkeepers. Um, Or are starting goalkeepers, but on defensively really poor sides. (laughs) But, you know, Roe has always been a uh, a consistent shot stopper. And I don't want to make too strong of a connection here, but it's performance, it's goalkeeping performances like that that allow your defenders the confidence to make those kinds of last ditch efforts and goal line clearances to spur them on. Because when you see your goalkeeper going through heroics, to do everything they can to keep the ball out of the back of the net. It sort of lights a fire under everybody else to do the same, which my point here is just simply that when have we ever seen that from Orlando ever just the will and desire to do, to have that kind of full defensive performance that to me, even if they would lost the game or uh, come out of it with just a point, I still think would be the major talking point here that if, Orlando realizes that this is the key here and that they can actually defend as a team with the current personnel they have, this team
1: could go far. That's right. And I think that even, um, and we've talked to before about personnel, it's like uh, some of these players were here last year um, yeah. and and the mentality and will, as you put it, is is so key um, because there are there are games this season where they did this, and there are games this season where they did, uh, uh, where they've done far far worse on on defense. We're not that uh, we're not that early into the season. If they can mm-hmm. if they can build this, as you as you say, and then when uh, Tesho Akindele comes back, mm-hmm. um, who who had a hamstring injury. Um, Will Johnson, you can take or leave. I know a lot of people don't necessarily Mm -hmm. think that his, his, his addition is addition. Um, but, but you know what I mean? The key, uh, this is a side that was also missing, uh, key attacking players. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I, the, on the Red Bull side, they were, they were missing key defensive players. Um, they were missing, and, and I really think that that was, if you were looking to, um, if you were looking to sort of diagnose what they were doing, as I as I mentioned earlier, um, Parker was on point in that uh, was trying to, to, to make something happen in that uh, uh, in the lone goal, um, but they're missing Aaron Long and they're missing Kamar Lawrence. Um, yeah. And you're also look if you look at them going forward, New York played did play that same chaos game. Um, because that's the other side of that goal line clearance is you have Mm -hmm. another great opportunity late, um, from Royer, um, which could have spoiled the whole bunch. Yeah. Um, it's not as much as I, I think that they, uh, they were a little bit more quiet, but it's not like they didn't have anything together. And it, I think that sometimes when, when New York doesn't make it happen, uh, it's just that that rhythm just isn't there like the 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 chaos rhythm uh, but yeah. on this occasion they did do it it's just they just uh, Orlando had an answer which is not something that you would uh, predict exactly. exactly yeah um the other game so that was the game that I did watch and I wish I had had a, a, a 40 or a 20 minute version of it um, and then the 20 minute uh, the 20 minute extended highlight package I watched I wish I had watched the whole thing, and that was LAFC uh, RSL. Mm. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, uh, my entry point to this is just this. And rather than go on a rant later, I'm just going to say it up front and tell me where you land with this. I feel like RSL was completely robbed of this game and deserved at least a point, if not all three. Um, I really, really felt like the second RSL goal, the defender tackles it and it goes to an offside player, which last week was, we were told, means that that's a clear goal. This, for some reason, is not. And then shortly after that, a player gets sent off for what is an elbow to the face which is really just an extended arm trying to block a player, and the player runs his, like, neck-slash-chest into it that I felt like was really harsh. For an already vastly depleted RSL side to come and have this performance, it's really hard not to feel like uh, this one should have played out differently. My caveat to that would be uh, Walker Zimmerman's goal that kind of goal from a defender deserves to win a game. But I feel, I feel like <clears throat> this was one that, you know, we don't like to, to just, I don't like to make excuses for teams losing, but I, I really felt like this, this, the refs got this one wrong.
1: Do you think Mike Pecky was having another cold with the boys after this? <laughs> As per last week, when he when he just said that he was he he had achieved a zen state. Now we have, as you said, an opposite. I don't know. I think there call. was probably
0: at least a couple of aspirin involved. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the, some children's Tylenol.
1: The uh, the the action starts when uh, Latif Blessing um, gets a a, a a penalty called on him. Uh, Clumsy, I have here clumsy and an attack to track back. Um, he, you know, he. It was great to see him do that, but at the same time, um, it didn't pan out. And I,
0: this no, is no. So kind of sells it, but like Latif Blessing is just. It is a really, really clumsy, just clattering into him. Like that. When is that not called as a penalty?
1: Here's here's my like sort of. I agree with everything you said about your summary of the game. Um, but RSL could have still held on for the point. If they, if they, if they had held on for the point, it was well, won. it would have been, it would have been well done. Um, Mm -hmm. but I give LA all the credit for taking their chances. Um, yeah,
0: no, I don't blame LAFC for winning the game. (laughs) (laughs) And I certainly don't blame Walker Zimmerman for uh, a striker's goal from, you know, 25 30 yards out um yeah. i just feel like the the no call on the second rsl goal followed by uh what i thought was kind of a reactionary silly red card um really really deflated rsl and that being said it's always up to a team to find answers but i think given how depleted their lineup was the fact that RSL really came here, played in a great game, um, shut LAFC down for the most part, held them at bay, Mm -hmm. um, to lose it like this. I think this one has definitely
1: got to sting. So, um, I think that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that after that first, I think that that penalty kind of comes, um, against the run of play somewhat in the 30th Mm -hmm. minute. Um, but it, but LAFC uh, continues to press. Um, they get their goal off of a uh, uh, a good defensive tackle from RSL, but came a bad defensive pass, and it was picked up real quick. Yeah. Um, for the first LA goal, the this is now where we and then yes, which is Diego Rossi. Um, the. Issue with this RSL, I'm. Um, I'm trying to find here. Uh, Atuesta had gotten this great second assist, kind of on that first LAFC goal, um, and almost makes a great tackle. Kind of a very similar play because you have mm-hmm. a ta- you have a you have on both uh, cases a defender that does a tackle and then the 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 dispossesses one player. But then the ball costs, uh, you know, goes straight to an attacker. Yeah. Um, it is rule offside. It's looked at, or I don't know if it is if it is looked at. But um, I agree with you completely that um, we've talked before about this offside coming off the last player, um, and, and whether or not it should be viewed as. Oh well if you're kicking the ball to an off a player who's offside and a player deflects it, should that be allowed? This is not that at all. This is a this is a player this is a defensive player on their own initiative, uh directing like a dead ball towards an attacker.
0: Yeah. I yeah, I agree. Who like up to that point too is also not in the run of play. Yeah. So, yes, he's offside. However, yeah, I, like, I would totally understand if, um, if it had come off of the RSL player yeah. and then been given to the player that was offside. But this is a clear, like, the ball the ball goes to him because it's a tackle from the LAFC player. Like, there's no pass. Unless I'm, unless I'm misunderstanding something, that is exactly what happened last week. And everybody was going, well, if that's the rule, then it's a goal. So why isn't it a goal this
1: week? Mm-hmm. Uh, other notes that I had about the, the sort of the second half uh, you had a, did you have Guillermo Baruchelato popping in on color commentary for a minute? No. Just like I, I, there was a, a voice that, that, that pops in that is just kind of trying to call it as they see it at the end. They're like, thanks Guillermo. And <laughs> <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that the coach just popped in on color commentary and just, like, had had a laugh for a minute. Um, the... Uh, oh, not Bob, not Bob Bradley. Shilato. Who is Shilato managing right now? Is he managing someone? Um, uh, Galaxy, isn't it? Galaxy, yeah. Maybe that is it. Yeah, sorry. Yes, the Galaxy coach. Maybe. Just hanging out? <laughs> Just <laughs> hanging out, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't watching... Like I said, I was watching the extended highlight package, so hmm. I wasn't sure right. what well, happened, but they seem to be very... got our
0: homework, homework cut out for us, you we have to uh, go back to that one.
1: He is. I also have it in my notes. Uh, uh, so, so you at this point, um, RSL is in that defensive mode. They bring on uh, Beez, uh, Matt Beisler, um to kind of starch up the midfield, I feel, because... Uh, mm-hmm. Lafc kept coming the whole time. Uh, shots were nineteen to three. Um, yeah. Obviously, that's a that's sort of a rough uh, situation to be in. But they, uh, in this red card that we're talking about, uh, comes late, so it's even before that. They are set back. They have Beisler on. They have successfully starched up the midfield. I am a little more. Um, I am a little. Uh, more harsh on the red card um okay. where what i think happens is it almost looks like he brings his elbows up and pulls the punch on the elbow and then extends the arm for a forearm to the face <laughs> not maybe not a forearm to the face but he, he he gets his he gets his forearm up in there sure up yeah. into the and in, in whether or not you say oh well it was the uh, the offensive player ran into the forearm uh, it's. Her- I don't know what he ran
0: into me, sir. The officer.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: I I can give you that one.
0: I can give you that. I'm give my uh, defense of the RSL player there is a little like, well, he ran into my fist. But it, yeah. I mean, to me, it just seemed like it wasn't it wasn't that malicious. I don't know. I think a yellow would have been fine.
1: But I was I was wondering if it was maybe bad, like like un- in incorrect gamesmanship to be like. Well, if I make a move that's obviously, if the elbow obviously doesn't connect, yeah. is that what is that what they're gonna look at at the replay? Yeah,
0: yeah, but it's, I mean, it's, it's it kind t- t- of kinda just turns into like a weird fish slap of the neck. Yeah, which is y- you still can't really do.
1: So fine. Um, and then late on, Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. Uh, who had a couple of big goals, if I recall, last year as well. Sure did. Um, yeah, I mean,
0: and like I said, if you're going to do it, do it. Like, that's that that's one where you just sort of have to stand up from your couch and give the old applause and go, well, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're going to do that, then I suppose you get to win the game. I just think at that point that should have been the tying goal, um, and both sides walk away with a point. But
1: Also, it was a rough uh, debut for that player that get sent off, uh, Justin Portillo, who is making his MLS debut, but not all—not the only player as well, because I think the next RSL sub was as well. Pecky handing out debuts. Um, yes, I
0: think he—I uh, think he was on for a grand total of like five or six minutes before getting sent off.
1: So the thing is, uh, I'm having—I'm seeing nine. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> mm, well,
0: almost not hit today, double man. digits next week. Well, no, ma, next
1: next week. Next next week. The uh, um the where I give LAFC the points and where, I don't know, it's tough because I know they're a tan and I know they're depleted and you know I don't want to be too hard on RSL, but they stopped. It was 94 minutes and they stopped playing and and yeah. and yeah, they got punished for it. So I was, I was, a I was remote ready to say like, like RSL should have had that one and they can absolutely feel great about themselves. And then that happened. I would say that there's a little bit of an asterisk where they kind of mess themselves up.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and we know that the asterisk to all my comments or that them that they were hard done by, done by is also with the addition that we know in MLS for teams to be successful and the top tier teams are ones that can go down a player, uh, have a goal called back and still play until the 99th minute or however long extra time goes to and find a way to win it but if you put your head down and slump the shoulders, you can get punished and often do. And I think that shows that, you know, credit to Mike Petke for being able to put out such a young side, play so many, a completely different lineup and get a, and put on a good performance. But that's where you see some of the inexperience come out where you've got to be able to close that one out and just hang on for a point. Yes. You're hard done by, but there's no reason to let Walker Zimmerman get that shot off either. Um, you know, hindsight is always going to be twenty twenty. But as you said, they stop playing for two minutes and they lose the game. So that one is still on them.
1: I have a, I have a note. Uh, the only remaining note I have from this game, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, okay, is Kyle Beckerman handsome? <laughs> I saw a little, he's, he has. For so long. Okay, so
0: Cincinnati, <laughs> New England.
1: <laughs> I caught a, I caught a like a glimpse of him in a camera shot, and I'm like, wow. Do you he, need a
0: minute alone?
1: <laughs> he was known, he was known for awful hair for the longest. Like he was,
0: he was he's got a grizzled th- older look. No, no, no. I see it. I see it. He
1: was one of MLS's uh, dirtiest looking players for the longest time.
0: Yeah, he really he really had a rat's nest going on there for a while, but uh, yeah, he cleans up okay.
1: Anyway, Cincinnati. Anyway, like, Cincinnati. <laughs> I just was surprised by that. I never that was never an, an attribute that I had. Uh, um, uh, well,
0: I'll see you a Kyle Beckerman, and I'll raise you a Kenny Safe.
1: <laughs> Man, uh, you have a. a a real good way out of Cincinnati here.
0: Uh, real good one, yeah. Um, I okay. Do we start talking about New England or do we start talking
1: about FC Cincinnati? Let's talk, let's talk. Let's <laughs> talk. Let's talk Cincinnati because I think that 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 they are they're the protagonists here.
0: Let's start with the positive. Um, and I love that this week. I love that right now. Like. MLS commentary largely is just what is the most recent thing that ha- happened, and everybody jump on that bandwagon. And so all the stories this week were like, "Well, FC Cincinnati is pretty good, and we've always thought so." And I'm like, "Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah." They had one bad game, their first game, and everyone was like, "This team's not so good. I don't see what all the fuss is about." And I'm I'm just going to say it lightly and leave it here, but you and I both went, hang on a minute. Like, yes, it's a, it's a building project, but all the right pieces are here. Wait for it. And it's happened much sooner than we even expected mm-hmm. that FC Cincinnati put together another strong performance. I would say with this one, too, they looked like they barely even got into second gear in this game. They looked like they were jogging half the time um, and just completely dominated New England Revolution.
1: Yep, they have... Uh, um... This both of their goals kind of came. It's weird. It's strange because if you look at the 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 lineup sheet, they they do line up straight through the middle with like a sort of a four two two two, um, but both of their goals came from sidelong passes into the box. The first one um, that is a uh, uh, picked up, uh, I believe, by no. The first one is is. You got Kenny Saif to Kakuta Mane, and then Mane to Saif in yeah. the second goal. That first one comes as a is a marvelous little pass across the ground, but I feel like it was very timid defending by New England to to not come up and challenge that a little harder.
0: Absolutely, but let's well let's talk about the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly of this play mm. uh, on that first goal is. Well, and first of all, somebody, and I forget who, so I apologize, but somebody had written earlier in the week, um, you know, because of international duty, it's time for some of the second-string players to step up, and two of the ones they named were Kenny Saif and Kakuta Mane. So, well done on calling that one, because the two lads certainly decided to have a go of it um, in helping each other out. It's a perfect on-the-ground cross into the box, and as you say, there's five... New England players in the box, standing around Kakuta Mane in like this perfect little sort of, I don't know, hexagon, mm-hmm. watching him as he just stands there and calmly side-foots it in, which is not necessarily a Cucuta Mane goal that you or I might be used to seeing, um, but just probably the easiest goal he's going to score in his uh, second revival tour of MLS. No doubt. Um, and then just a really kind of disorganized, sloppy, poor clearance, um, defensive performance from New England throughout, and then, uh, uh, Kakuta Mane decides to return the favor to Kenny Saif, who, uh, similarly just, it's kind of all too easy again, with a ton of defenders standing around, just not dealing with it. I thought Brad Knighton actually had a really great game and got them out of some trouble numerous times, and then, um... Spencer Ritchie also bailed them out. Um, a number he had that beautiful double save yeah. again, which seems to be his uh, his forte is to go to ground on a low shot and then get up and make uh, another
1: sprawling save in the opposite direction. Yeah, Knighton looked good. I always feel bad when Knighton has this. Or no, it was Richie who made did that double save. Never mind. I thought Knighton looked fine, but obviously he didn't. Uh, way, but, he, but he didn't succeed. But Richie is another one that was in that. Um, Richie is another player that was in that uh, backup goalkeeper role. Oddly enough, both for the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, <laughs> that is yes, it's true. Uh,
0: the battle of the backup Whitecaps keepers.
1: That is uh, that is now succeeding in a, um, in a in a in a in a starring position. Um, I think that. One of the things I really noticed here um, is that the longer the game started to go, um, New England had more the a little bit more of the possession and, and uh, they had a lead in total shots of, of eighteen to twelve. All <laughs> they had nine block shots. Yeah, if you could think of the, if you if you could think of that. Um, I don't know why MLS is separating shot. Shots on target for blocked shots. That would seem to me to be similar. Although I guess if it's, is it blocked? If it doesn't, if it's a shot but never makes it to the goal. I think Um, so. Nine, nothing, nine, nothing uh, Block shots to to New England. And they certainly seemed um, frustrated, but not, this is what is weird about it. Not frustrated on offense, but frustrated on defense. Because you see this, um, very soon, and I I can't recall if it is actually the play that leads, if if it's the corner kick that leads to the second goal, um, but it uh, it is a big save, um, by Knighton, and the defender hammers it into the 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 end line boards, yeah, to clear, yeah. like like not just not just if in doubt put it out, but he seems kind of mad when he does it, and at that point it's one nothing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, and Knighton's coming out of his goal, I think, two or three minutes into the game on a, a early chance from Cincinnati, screaming at his defenders as well. So, I, I mean, organizationally, I think there's just, they need to clean something up at the back there and get on the same page, um, because you're right, they just seem to be, no one seemed to really know what the other person was doing, and either, whether that's lack of communication or lack of game plan, but... It is a strange clearance that he's not really under pressure, but I don't think he sees any way of building out of the back either and just hammers it against the end boards, which you sort of think he's got space to put it out over on the side as well if he's going to kick it that hard, but opts to give away a corner instead. Um, So I don't know if maybe he got a shout from Knighton or uh, just wasn't sure what to do and his teammates weren't helping communicate to him. I mean, I've been in situations like that. To me, it's usually just a lack of communication and you've got people shouting multiple things at you and you just decide to do what the, you know is the sure thing that's not going to lead to a goal.
1: Yeah. Um, the uh, the other point I was going to make for New England um, is that you had uh, uh, Teal Bunbury coming off. Mm. Um, I believe right after that... Uh, and it seems to me, uh, you can't really judge, I haven't been watching the full games, uh, or I haven't seen a full game from New England, um, so you can't really say, I can't really say from this clip, but um, it's not been a great start to the season for Teal.
0: No, it really hasn't. I mean, it hasn't been a great start to the team for the team, in fairness, um, and I think Bunbury is one of those players that, you know, he excels when everybody else excels around him. He's not really a player that's going to lift up his whole team. Um, and I think we're, we're kind of seeing, not to discredit him in any way, but I just, you know, I think he's, you know, he's an above average player, but he really excels when everybody else around him is pr- creating chances as well. And short of that, just seems to also be kind of frustrated, which I think we can safely say is a bit of a theme developing for that team at the moment.
1: Um, maybe they're going to have a David, a like, uh, a moment of clarity, um, where, uh, where all the goals that are stuck in the goal machine, uh, come jangling out. (laughs) Um, the, uh, the last game I've got here is, uh, from on the NLS side is, is Dallas two one Colorado. Mm Um, I have here that the, the Rapids were in luck after, um, I don't I don't know what was going on there, but the, the ball goes in off the crossbar, and I think that they were very lucky, but they were not lucky forever as Barrios scores tight in the near post. Um, you could say that the second the passer of the second assist may have been offside. However,
0: mm. you could, you could, I, um, definitely close. I mean, I th- I thought. My overall takeaway from this game was that um, Colorado is continuing to be judged against teams that just steamrolled them last season
1: that Mm -hmm. they're
0: kind of getting into the mix with. So it's not all come together for Colorado yet. Um, The Barrios goal, though, I mean, Barrios just has been on fire in the last couple of games and and not making any mistake when he's... uh, Firing it in there. So, just a really low shot that's incredibly hard to deal with and just catches Howard (laughs) not sleeping, but those I think he's right to take those kinds of shots because uh, Tim Howard's not traditionally uh, a goalkeeper, especially at this age, to get down to those low ones as well. So, I think that's the right play. Um, But credit to Colorado to keep themselves in it and get a goal back.
1: There was an amazing moment uh, before before that goal comes in, where Dominique Baji comes in with a with a a, a low shot that Howard uh, saves at point blank range, and I was just think like, that must be a fun little moment. That must be a fun uh, moment for the former Colorado Rapids player to, <laughs> to yeah. be like to have Howard be like, no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Howard says. Um, the, uh, the other, the, the, you have this, so the, the Colorado goal that they get back, um, first of all, I think is a, is a win for um, yet another example, because you hear um, European, fans of European football um, every, every week they seem to have a new complaint with VAR. Um, this is a scenario where they get it absolutely right. The ball is yeah. directed in. For slow motion, I can't really tell. Is it directed in off like an inner thigh or a <laughs> a, 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 a going goal? Who could say? Um, the uh, And they, they look at it. If
0: it was pelvic a, in nature.
1: It was pelvic in nature with the benefit of many um, different uh, camera angles. It's obvious that the ball did definitely go over the goal
0: mm-hmm. line.
1: Um, I love that. In the slow motion, the player, uh, the player who the ball did go in off of, is uh, uh, just sort of like slow motion. He realizes what's happened, and he like goes to dive, like he wants to touch it, but he can't. So he just kind of has to pray.
0: He's got, it's totally a come to Jesus sort of moment sliding in on his knees and in slow motion, it's like, no, and he looks down at his arm and then he like slowly pulls his arm back and I agree. He looks at his arm and it's like, he's like, I could hit it with my arm. Oh, I can't. So he just pulls his arm back and just, then it's, that's where it sort of like goes in off his like tummy or his pelvis. Yes. Uh, Tommy Smith,
1: it, the defender.
0: Great, great slow motion, just, like, watching a player make a decision in uh, in real time.
1: Some great center back goals this week.
0: Absolutely. Um, um, and then, you know, a heartbreaker from Dallas just to, again, punish late into the game. But I still, overall, you know, it's, it's sort of like, um, although Colorado hasn't been getting the same... Uh, didn't get the same result as Orlando this week. I feel like it's just so refreshing to be able to talk about a Colorado team that doesn't immediately just give up or gets completely steamrolled by a team that's as quick and as clinical as Dallas, that they they came there and put on, a I thought, a pretty decent performance, held their own. Um, and as the season wears on, I think we're going to see them take some points off of those teams. So yeah, it's not all happening, it's not all there yet for Colorado, but certainly to have a rapid side that's actually playing together as a team, creating good chances, Mosquitos seems to have just fit in perfectly into that squad Kai Kamara is Kai Kamara and scores goals and creates chances and does the defensive work wherever he goes But they've No doubt. A really g- and, and then as well the addition of Keegan Rosenberry as well from Philadelphia, I think um, it's just such a, like it's not necessarily the most exciting Colorado roster when you read down the the team sheet but they seem like they're enjoying it and and actually putting together some plays and working as a team that oh god it's been f- four or five six seasons since we've seen a colorado like that so uh, i'm still excited to see how that project continues to build especially if they can add some more pieces to that team
1: i was hoping that he that, that we've talked before about how this will be a better year i was hoping it would be a little bit better off the off the hop But the nature of the MLS season is that there is time to to heat up.
0: Yeah, and I mean, losing 2-1 on the road to Dallas early on, I I think, is a pretty decent result. I mean, to be honest, if it was the Whitecaps, would you be horribly disappointed if they played like Colorado did? Like, you know, they they had... Well, okay, maybe that's a bad example, because (laughs) I would just love to see the Whitecaps... (laughs) play with a little bit of heart mm-hmm. and give, but, um, that's something get to that next week
1: when they play Seattle,
0: um, when they play Seattle, it's going to go. Oh, so well,
1: the, uh, um, <laughs> that was the last of, 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 sort of the, the, the MLS games left behind to mind the shop, um, in an international break where, uh, where Canada finally, after what seemed like so many months completed its labors in the, uh, cock and Cap nations league, uh, in his last visit to BC Place, Alfonso Davies finished his last uh, game by jumping into the stands with the Curva Collective, and it was from the stands where he made his return. In the stands where he made his return, uh, nah. uh, unfortunately, with a with a with a ligament a ligament strain uh, that came that, as reported by uh, Bayern Munich that came from. Um, celebrating too exuberantly when he scored his first goal in the Bundesliga. Is this what I'm hearing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> kids will be kids. Um, yeah. Tr- if that's uh, if that's the story, it's unfortunate, but I'm going to just give credit to Byron for letting him fly out and uh, be back at his old club, his old stomping grounds to be able to watch the game. It was obviously important to him and and credit to him for coming out. But, you know, just a uh, heads up that yeah, great, celebrate the goals for sure. But um, a fist bump, a uh, fist in the air will do just fine. Bring back the Wakanda dance, whatever. But <laughs> sliding in on the knees, man, you got to be careful of them cricky um, them ankles.
1: The uh, um, and, and, you know, him returning, him uh, making that trip, which I mean, like, we can get to the Nations League in a second, but... But it is a great commitment to the team that he wanted to be there, and and he certainly got a a, a little uh, a, a little glass trophy for Canada Soccer for do for named the 2018 Player of the Year.
0: Mm-hmm. So he uh,
1: he got a little uh, he he got something to bring back with him in his bag. Um, the uh, the Nations League itself, I. I've said it before; it's so mind-numbing to me that it's still going on. <laughs> this this part of the competition. It was a four-one win uh, by Canada. Were you uh, were you present?
0: I was not present for this game. I kind of at the last minute was uh, was not able to go. I decided to take in some theater instead, but
1: uh, I was there in spirit. Um, the uh, it seems it seemed fine. It actually kind of seemed like a testy uh, first half. Um, as, as has been noted, uh, unlike other teams, like French, Gu- uh, French Guiana is not that bad. Um, yeah. they, they had a, a competitive match, uh, in the gold cup, which I watched a minute and a half of highlights of, uh, mm-hmm. as I was trying to find the highlights of this, it was so hard that I legitimately watched half of a video before I was like, wait, this game is taking place at Red Bull Arena. <laughs> so it kind of messed this up, uh... Canada scores the first goal, and in, I'm not gonna describe all these goals here, but I just love this one so much. Junior Hoylett is making a throw-in, and he banks the throw-in off the back of his teammate, uh, Mark Anthony Kay. Like, Kay is standing with his back to Hoylett, and Hoylett just sort of like volleyball passes it off of, off of Kay's back to himself. Runs through three people and then uh, and then shoots it low.
0: I believe that's what we call it anyway, anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Never, you do you, baby girl.
1: Uh, French Guiana scored and make it one-one. So you know there was a certain moment where it kind of looked like, is this going to be a game here? Um, but Jonathan David to Cavallini make it two-one just before halftime, and then each of them get a goal in the second half. Um, this has been a learning experience through which you've definitely seen uh, Canada improve over the course of this qualifying tournament. Um, we're gonna find out who they play in the in the real Nations League uh, as we record this later tonight. Um, I hope it's gonna be good. Uh, I hope it's gonna be like you know good games, consistent competition. Um, the the qualifying tournament has meant a lot of games against lower competition. And you haven't really been seeing Canada playing twice in, a, in, in an international break when they were um, in an international break like this, where they only had one league game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, it, it's difficult too, because I, I mean, I've still yet to see the Canadian men's national team put together a solid 90 minutes. It seems like for 60, they can play well but there's always this 20 to 30 minutes of unnecessary beach volleyball that seems to happen where they can't keep the ball on on the deck, they can't keep possession. And I'm just worried against, you know, they've had so much play against not necessarily quality opponents that, um, that precision and calmness isn't there from the get go. And that's something that I think if they're going to take things to the next level is what they need to work on more than anything. We've got great young talent, um the pieces are finally sort of coming together for the national team. But in terms of the overall play as a as a unit, it's still awfully sloppy at times. And mm-hmm. there's just so many better teams that are, are just gonna take complete advantage of that. And once you're two or three nil down, it's real tough to get back into.
1: Yep. Um I think that the one positive note that people are drawing is that if you re- if you have the long memory to sort of the dark days, yeah. this is a mile of improvement from that point. We are in a we are in a new era, yes. Um, and there has been improved. Like like I feel like even dating to the the, the end of the last qualifying cycle, there was a sort of um, fatalism of of are we always are we always fated to have these things end this way? Um, I think in this case, that you have got um, that that you're looking up. You're looking at improvement in the future as opposed to decline from a, a past position of greatness which is a which is a, an improvement yeah I agree um the, uh, the other note that I wanted to make uh, just a, a story that I saw this morning um, do you know the EMLS Cup is this weekend uh, the I do now the each team has a a uh, Like, one pro gamer that is sponsored uh, by each team. Toronto FC's pro gamer, Phil Balky, has been suspended for the remainder of the FIFA 19 competitive season uh, for violating Uh, the soccer video game's rules and code of conduct according to a Canadian press story by Neil Davidson. Okay. (laughs) Uh, TFC... uh, High elbow
0: to the neck, or...?
1: Many people now learning for the first time that Toronto FC has a pro gamer um, uh, are are trying to figure out why this is the case. Um, Oddly enough, I kind of am on the side of the gamer um, because here's how it works. Have you ever played um, one of the the modern FIFA video games in, in recent years? Does
0: 2009 count as modern? Are you aware of FIFA Ultimate Team? Uh yes, I know that that exists.
1: Okay, so essentially it's like a secondary mode in all of these games um where your roster composition is kind of like an electronic card game like like you pay real money to buy points that right. you use to buy packs that have player cards in them and you assemble your team based on the player cards. Okay. Um oddly enough, the team uh your the the actual like competition that this player is a part of does not use or I don't think uses these rosters, but you get qualified to the competition by how you do a FIFA ultimate team according to the story. Now I guess what happened is is that you could trade you could sell your FIFA ultimate team players for points. Um and essentially this guy rigged it so that um you could uh so that he was essentially people were overpaying him they they have accused him of of receiving too much money in response for his people ultimate team uh cards which too much you know, gam
0: or too much tan
1: both too too much <laughs> gam absolutely if you've ever been if you've ever been twelve and trying to scam people out on a on a card deal um. This is potentially something that you'll recognize. But my hot take is, and whether or not there was collusion on the on these, who knows? My hot take is, um I have seen a little bit of FIFA Ultimate Team. It seems like a money sink. I don't know if I'm just out of touch with it, but it is I I really kind of dislike this gachapon style of 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 uh, pay in pay us money, and who knows what type of, whether or not it'll be a good or bad result for you, just give us more money. Um, all the power to him for uh, finding us, a, 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 like, you know, a, a way to get around it. I don't think it, that...
0: It does kind of feel like the, you know, I'm beginning to wonder if capitalism has rules for just some people at the top, and then different rules for people at the bottom. I'm not sure. Uh, jury's still out on that one. Boom!
1: but yes it's it it it's it seems a, like
0: it seems like an already very flawed kind of like uh shady system that you just found a way to exploit so
1: uh. <laughs> e a sports if it is e a sports that it that is handing out the suspension uh e a sports punishing a player for not giving it enough money enough fake enough real money to buy fake players for their Video game? <laughs> uh, That's so MLS. <laughs> That's so MLS. It's true. That's what's, yeah. funny. That's what's funny. to me about it is that this is uh, this is now in the MLSE hands. So, uh, so it's just amusing to me. Um, he, he'll miss the rest of the season. Uh, I guess if MLS Cup is happening this week, I don't know how much more of a season there's going to be. But uh, hmm. Bill Balky, um, uh, don't let them drag, drag uh, drain your bank account. Like they drain my pet keys.
0: Yeah, keep quiet. (laughs) Good heavens. Until Fascinating (laughs) times we live in.
1: (laughs) This this is my my FIFA Ultimate Team. Uh, Basically, it's my excuse to complain about FIFA Ultimate Team. Which I don't understand understand and consider to be a waste of money. Fair. Sorry, sorry, FIFA Ultimate Team players.
0: (laughs) Old man yells at Cloud.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Until next week, where can we find you online?
0: You can find me online, biting my tongue, at That's So MLS on Twitter and Instagram. Where can we find you?
1: You can find me online at Team Bates on Twitter, wwwteam com. I am an editor at Howler Magazine, com, And you can find this podcast at com on Apple Podcasts, and other podcast providers. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Mm-hmm.
0: Until next time, please keep your arms, elbows, and slaps to the face inside the moving vehicle at all times, or you'll get sent off.